Prayer is the most powerful thing we can do in our days, but all too often it gets drowned out by the noise around us. But what if the noise in our earbuds could help us tune out the noise of the world and instead tune in to our most important conversation? That's why we're here, to bring you inspiring conversations, practical how-tos, and guided prayers to help you pray like you never thought possible. I'm Valerie Warner, and this is Prayer in a Noisy World. There are some truths I hear that I think I know that, but if I actually lived consistently aware of it, my life would be vastly different. Things like, if I remembered God's purpose for marriage, I would choose to serve my husband instead of nitpick. If I remembered that God had called me to be an ambassador for my kids, I would take time to address the heart and not just change the behavior. Truth really does have the power to steer our days in a completely different direction. So taking a deeper look at the words we speak to ourselves makes sense. But to be honest, this topic feels like it has been a little hijacked by self-help experts. When you think of the world's definition of affirmations, you think of things like, I am enough. I am the creator of my own reality. I am worthy of good things. I believe in myself. The basic concept of the word affirmations is actually very biblical, though. To affirm something means to validate, confirm, or state positively about something. Throughout scripture, we are called to meditate on truth and think on things that are lovely. We see David consistently cry out to God and waver in his faith and then remind himself of truth over and over again. It's as if he's having to confirm and state positively about things so he can resist the lies his flesh and the devil want to flood his mind with. Our minds are fragile in the sight of the spiritual battles that we face. This is no small potatoes. From our very thoughts come our very life and all the choices we make in it. Proverbs 4, 20-23 says, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my saying. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. What if we got intentional about the direction our whole life flows? This isn't just a good idea. It's absolutely necessary if we want to live free from fear and believing the enemy's lies. Gordon MacDonald said that this said this in his book, Ordering Your Private World. He ordained that we should be mindful, not mindless, but mindfulness is a matter of discipline and hard work. Mindlessness is the result of laziness and fear. So today, let's talk about how to create biblical affirmations that could change the direction of our days if we simply let it sink in. Number one, reflect on your most negative thoughts. What thoughts launch your most defeated moments? What truth do you wish could be tattooed on your brain? What truth do you struggle to convince yourself of in really hard situations? Where do you need to be reminded of God's goodness? This might actually be a question to ask a friend if you're struggling to notice where your thoughts go. Sometimes we don't even know that the thoughts that consume us are not the same things consuming everyone. In my prayer group, we ask different questions each week, but inevitably we feel like we're answering the same thing each week. For me, it sounds like this. Where do you struggle to trust God? My health. 
What distracts you most from prayer? My health. What prayer would you love to see God answer? My health. For one, it's their calling. Another, it's their home. Another, it's finances. And for another, it may be kids. So ask a friend, what's the thing I seem to bring up most in a fearful or negative way? I've already mentioned mine's health, and I've struggled to see my body as good and formed by God. Instead, I notice every ache and pain. But when I take time in the mornings to not dwell on the way I creak out of bed, but instead marvel at what God made, my whole day is different. Number two, ask why. After my conversation with Alicia Michelle from our Monday episode, I'll put a link to that in the show notes, I added this point to the process. We talk about brain priming and the idea that we can't just replace negative thoughts with positive ones and expect them to take root. We need to dig out what's blocking the roots. What are the circumstances in our past that have us believing the negative or false thoughts in the first place? If you need help with this, Alicia has a course called Christian Mindset Makeover that I'm actually about to go through as well because I really want to dive in more to the why of why I'm thinking certain things. Number three, ask, what does God say instead? This is what separates random affirmations that are made up and godly affirmations. If we're going to validate or confirm anything as believers, it must be with the word of God. Our affirmations not only need to be based on scripture, but we also need to make sure we aren't just cherry picking verses that we found to make what we want to say work. We aren't meditating on my truth or our truth, but on God's truth, because that's the only truth there is. If you want more on this topic, you can go to our episode with Gretchen Saffles, where we talk a lot about the Bible and prayer and getting confident as we pray, as we look to scripture. I also have um, episode 17, which is all about how to pray using the Bible, which could be helpful for this as well. And bonus, if you have our copy of Pray Confidently and Consistently, we have a whole chapter there on praying confidently as we we root our prayers in scripture. Okay, number four, make a list. This may be obvious, but it's important to not go crazy with your list. We cannot retrain our brain on a hundred thoughts a day, even though we might feel like we want to change a hundred thoughts a day. If you want it to be most effective, keep it really simple. I'd say eight to 10 at the most. And if you're afraid you'll only make it a few days with that many, then go back to your list that you made in number one and identify the most knowing lies you tell yourself and start with just the one big truth. Charles Duhigg coined a term, Keystone Habits, and it's the main habit that will have a positive effect on the rest of your habits. So maybe there's one big Keystone truth that would transform several of the lies you've been believing. This would be a great place to start. Number five, reflect on it each morning. There's a lot of things. I'm not a big stickler on when you do it, but this is one I think is pretty important to do in the morning before the world creeps in. The whole point is that the truth you meditate on will help direct your steps. Why would we not want to do that before we take a step in any direction for the day? Too often we play defense with our thoughts instead of offense. My response to anxiety is vastly different when I prepare my heart to recognize the thoughts I need to intentionally be taking captive as they come instead of trying to slap a Bible verse on a panic attack. It's still good to bring truth to those panic situations, but what if we got to let that truth sink in when we weren't spinning out of control? How much greater of an impact 
could it have on our life? I learned this in a big way when I first did our signature prayer challenge, um, which I'll link in the show notes. It was a challenge to proactively pray each morning for 31 days about the thing that caused my most frequent negative thoughts or lies, and it was a super powerful experience. Okay, bonus tips. Now, if you want bonus points in basically, you know, the bonus points of more eternally minded thoughts, here are two ways you can take this further. Number one, you could reflect on your affirmations at night too. John Acuff is a proponent of this. He said, one launches you into your day and the other launches you into your dreams. Filling our minds each evening before bed too. Filling our minds each evening before bed also seems like a really peaceful way to fall asleep. Number two, you could record yourself saying the affirmations and play them for yourself. I did this years ago, but didn't stick with it, honestly, out of sheer laziness to keep my iPad in next to my bathroom sink so I can listen when I was getting ready in the morning. But Alicia actually mentioned the benefits of listening to your affirmations. And even if you aren't fully paying attention to it, it will have an effect on a subconscious level. I'll definitely be incorporating this into my routine again. Okay, before we wrap up, you might be wondering, what does this specifically have to do with prayer? This isn't actually praying. It's just saying some phrases to help renew our thoughts, right? Going back to the idea I mentioned earlier about how we have a reason we don't believe these things, often our affirmations will come out more like prayers. I feel like I cry out like the disciples when they said, help my unbelief. If you struggle to believe the affirmations that you have already studied and determined is biblically true, make them your prayers. Ask the Lord to transform your heart so that you can believe what is true. Number two, ask God to expose the lies and the past circumstances that first convinced you of a false narrative in the first place. Number three, pray that God would bring to mind those subtle thoughts that go unnoticed, but may be wreaking havoc on your life. Without God at the center, we might as well print out some random lists on Pinterest and try to manifest all the good vibes chanting empty phrases can do. Okay, so that's it. I'm going to give just a little recap on the five points for how to create affirmations. And I'm also going to share a Bible verse with each of them that I thought was really helpful just to see how, how the Bible um, supports this idea of um, reframing our thinking. Number one, reflect on your most negative thoughts. Psalm 139, 23 through 24 says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there is any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Two, ask why. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and perfect, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Number three, ask, what does God say instead? Romans 5, 8 says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the flesh. Romans 8, 5 says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, set their minds on the things of the spirit. Number four, make a list. 
Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And number five, reflect on it each morning. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take cap- take every thought captive to obey Christ. And our bonus tips, say your affirmations at night and record them and listen to the recording. Okay, so your call to action today is to send this episode to a friend and talk about y'all's negative self-talk together. A friend may be able to identify the things we've accepted as normal and would struggle to pick out. And if you want to go deeper, Alicia Michelle has her course available, Christian Mindset Makeover. And like I said, I'm excited to go through it myself. If you are feeling overwhelmed with negative self-talk, check it out and see if it's a good fit for you. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, will you leave a review and subscribe? Next week, we're going to be talking with Jennifer Dukes Lee about slowing down and how to remove distractions.